What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John and Toaster here. And in today's episode, we've got your week seven primetime parlay, which is our picks and preview for this week. As always, we will give you um, our picks on the three primetime games, as well as a bonus pick from each of us. But uh, normally we'll start with our picks and then we get to the storylines afterwards. I think we probably should start with the storylines this time around, considering Bob, Bob McClain, who is a beat writer for the Houston Texans, um, or covering the Houston Texans anyway, <laughs> dropped the bomb. And use beat with uh, talking about Deshaun Watson. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, Bob McLean, who covers the Houston Texans, uh, dropped a bomb just a couple hours ago that he thinks a Texan or sorry, a Watson to the Dolphins deal could potentially be done in the within the week, um, which got a lot of people scrambling here. Um, I I think since that happened. Um, there's been a little bit of back and forth, uh, from a bunch of beat writers, probably contacting their sources and, uh, the teams apparently just give a little context here in order for the deal to go through, uh, Miami needs to move some money. They need to move about six or $7 million. And it's thought that they would be incorporating a third team in order to dump to a tag of Iloa. Uh, Houston doesn't appear nor had at any point in this process, even before the allegations with Watson um, appeared to want Tua. So there there's got to be a third team or at least a second trade that gets brought in here. And all of the teams that were mentioned potentially as options, pretty much every single one of those beat writers that I've seen has come back and said, yo, my sources are saying that this team wants no part of Tua. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't know exactly where we stand here. Um, but what what was like your initial thought seeing this anyway? We can't I know trade, you've we can't trade Tua for Herbert. He was the he was the number five overall pick versus uh number six <laughs> overall pick. You know. Um okay. no, I that's been the problem is that Tua's uh, was a poor draft choice. He even throwing for what 300, almost 350 yards last week, um, lost to the piss poor Jacksonville Jaguars. He, he's not somebody that's going to take your franchise to the next level. And they gave up all of their draft picks. This is my biggest thing was that I think that this news coming out is going to spur everybody, right? Like, because the Philadelphia Eagles have way more draft capital and have probably seen enough of Hertz to know that, hey, it's not it's not going the proper direction. And yeah. the best part of this is they have the Dolphins draft pick and they say, well, guess what? Dolphins are going to be conti continue to be shitty if you don't trade them to Sean Watson. So it's actually more valuable yeah. to take a draft pick from us than it is from... The, the the Dolphins because they have the 49ers pick who um not doing great right now but probably right. going to be a 10 plus pick long term right 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 um and you brought up the cap situation the only people that they could trade straight up right now to to get under the cap that they would need to take on Watson's cat um contract are Byron Jones Davian Howard and Devontae Parker and Emmanuel Agba uh and uh, those are expensive contracts for the for the DBs and Devonte Parker has yeah. he 
played this year. I mean, he's constantly hurt. So yeah, um, Ogba is the only one that's actually kind of intriguing. And I don't mm-hmm. think that that's <sighs> to move all of this in a week. It doesn't seem like it's going to work out for the for the Dolphins. They should have made this trade. Yeah. Three, four weeks ago once Tua went down. Yeah. I, my initial thought was that it wouldn't be trading of players necessarily outside of Tua, but they would look to push money towards the future, right? They would they would get some restructures going with some of those guys. But I but even then you're the only people that they can restructure and make enough money to take on that contract are Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, and Devontae Parker. Well, Xavier Howard, don't you think, would probably be going back potentially in that deal for Watson? If you're potentially, potentially, I mean, if you're looking at three first round picks, um, they're not going to be valuable first round picks since the Dolphins don't own their own first round pick. Um, If if Xavier gets traded in that deal, then yeah, absolutely, that makes that makes it work out. Yeah, Um, the the Eagles, though, as you brought up, and and you've mentioned them a few times now over the course of the year as potential candidate for Watson. they make a lot of sense to me in that we know Houston doesn't want Tua. And I, I, you know, it seems like Houston would, it is going to give Davis Mills a look and he's probably deserved a look uh, for them this year for sure. But to me, Jalen Hurts is a much more appealing piece to get back right. than Tua Tagovailoa. Um, yeah. Hurts, you know, we've, we talked about him a little bit last week where we feel he is what we feel he is, is he worth it for the Eagles to hang on to and and build around? I don't know. I I think anybody that says they know, uh, you know, what Jalen Hurts' future is, is, you know, making shit up. But I think Jalen Hurts gives you a higher ceiling than Tua does. Absolutely. So that, that deal actually makes a lot of sense if that ends up happening. I guess what I'm going to come back to here is, what Bob said is very, it feels very eminent, Wh- whether it's this week or not. We've heard a lot of talk about the Dolphins and Deshaun Watson since training camp started. So it seems like that's ultimately where they're going to end up with this, right? Yeah, but I, do think, you... I think the move's going to have to happen with Tua still on the roster, quite frankly. They're not getting a first round. They're not getting something that they're trading to the Texans for Tua. Right. Is right. what I mean, what's his value right now? I would top low, low end second rounder, probably. I was going to say third. Or fourth. Yeah. Um, so they, I don't think they necessarily need Tua to move before this contract happens. It's uh, absolutely hilarious to me that the Washington football team is the one that's um, connected to this three-way trade because uh, the only reason that Tua was successful last year was because he had Ryan Fitzpatrick come in and play uh, <laughs> fucking hero at the end yeah. of the game for him. And I'm sure I'm sure Fitzpatrick is just looking at us like, I mean, I've had a hell of a career, but never in a million years could I ever guess that I was going to have this this little dude follow me around. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens here. Um, I'm not necessarily buying in that it's going to happen by the end of the week. Um, but the interesting thing, and uh, curious how, what you feel about this. I've seen a few people mention this. If the trade happens and we know the Dolphins would play him instantly if he's eligible to play. Right does the league then step in because he's ready to play or like, I guess the way I'm looking at it is 
you can't. I don't think that's. I agree with that's you. The worst opt. I mean, of of all the optics that have been piss poor on the NFL this year, I mean, the, the Gruden emails coming out and then saying, "Oh, of the six hundred fifty or six hundred forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety seven other ones, no, <laughs> nothing was said poorly about anybody currently in the NFL." Right. You, you can't step in now and say, "Oh, well, now that he's going to be an actual." player in the league we're going to step in and suspend him so he gets to play this year and we talked i talked about it in our last podcast that a a buy year or a redshirt year whatever you want to call it for him based on his legal situation assuming he's not going to you know jail prison for his his misconduct is not it's looking like a not as big of a deal to these teams at this point because the quarterback class in the 2022 draft is not set up for instance success. I mean, Spencer right. Rattler was con- considered by and far away the number one QB prospect, and he's going to be looking for another college team next year to try and rebuild his draft value. Totally. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's a very, very, like you, you put all these pieces together and it makes the situation just very complicated from a lot of different angles. So uh, anyway, we should get to the games, but um, you know, we'll, we'll obviously follow this. Uh, If Watson does get traded before the end of the week, uh, maybe we give you an emergency pod or something, but it's uh, (laughs) breaking news, but uh, I'm not necessarily buying that something is going to get done before the end. I think, I think the Texans are done with them. I think they want to get it done. I think they fucked up by not, getting rid of him when they had three first round picks and three second round picks or two second round picks and a third round pick um, offered to them. They were greedy. They completely mismanaged the situation, but no, they actually Houston Texan the situation. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The Texans are definitely the, the new, I I guess like model of futility in the NFL, which is hard Hard yeah, to do considering the the Jets are still, yeah. There's a lot of competition. Both New York teams, honestly, um, are are giving them a run for their money. But anyway, all right, let's get to the games. Um, I believe I get first pick as far as Thursday night goes. So Thursday night football, the Broncos at the Browns, who are a two point favorite as of right now. Case Keenum is starting this game. Um, don't know ultimately what the long-term issue is with Baker. I, I heard a few things today that it's, there's potential that he might need surgery um, that could end his season, which would really cause some problems for the Browns. But ultimately, um, Case Keenum gets the start, and I don't know if it changes much for this team. Um, <laughs> they're they're going to do the things that they they look to do every given week, which is run the ball as, as well as they can, even though they're down uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They're going, Kevin Stefanski is going to dial up play action, boot plays, and I he's going to get creative enough with this offense to where I'm not expecting a huge drop-off, which is really shown in how Vegas has put this line together. So, I, I pulled this line earlier today before the Keenum news. It was two and a half. It's moved to two. So well, they're three, saying it was three and a half last night. So it's moved to full okay. um, point and a half. Okay. So Vegas probably had a little bit of insight that this was coming then, but um, it, 
that to me is you go from a starting quarterback, one that, you know, going into the season, really, some people were arguing is a top 10 guy that should be a $40 million a year player, all this stuff. And you drop off to a journeyman backup who don't get me wrong. Case Keenum isn't nothing, right? Like he, he's a solid backup by all means, but you drop down to Case Keenum and you lose a point and a half on the spread at home. Like, uh, I think that tells you all you need to know about Baker Mayfield, but bottom line is I, I I'm looking at this and I don't understand how the Broncos are getting points based on what we've seen from the Browns recently. And, and that's not to say it's fully a team talent and execution issue as much as they're the walking dead right now. And, and what they do well, the way they control games by running the ball, they don't have Nick Chubb who is arguably the best running back in the league, maybe behind Derrick Henry. And, now far they're down Kareem Derek Hunt Henry. too. What'd you say? Far behind Derrick Henry. I think uh, Nick Chubb <laughs> is closer to the 27th um, ranked running back in overall yards than he is to uh, Derrick Henry. So there's a pretty large discrepancy based on what Derrick Henry's done in fucking our parlay. <laughs> yeah, he, he has done a very good job of that this year, actually. So credit to Derrick for that. Um, but all things considered, I'm looking at this and I don't understand how the Broncos, even with their struggles recently, are getting points in this game. I'm taking the Broncos plus two. Um, you know, Teddy had that concussion. He threw some interceptions last week, which ultimately, you know, really hurt them. I think he'll get back to doing what he does which is take care of the ball, manage that offense. I think the Broncos will get back defensively to doing what they do. And I just don't think I, in no way am I looking at this game, thinking the Browns should be favored. Um, you know, if, if this point spread was reversed, I might still be taking the Broncos, frankly. Yeah. So um, I'm on the Broncos minus two or plus two. Sorry. Yeah, um, want to apologize to the viewers that we don't we don't pod every single day. Um, if you know the sponsorships and money came in, we you know we're willing to do that. Um, <laughs> I I put money on the Broncos when they were at three and a half, just knowing that Baker Mayfield was already questionable, and I, whether he played or not, I was already willing to take them at three and a half. It plus two go. with no Baker Mayfield, um, no Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt, possibly. No Jarvis Landry. He's been activated off of um, the IR. He's willing to practice, or he's able to practice, but he's still not good for the game necessarily. Odell Beckham's not um, been nursing a shoulder injury. Jack Conklin and Jedrick Willis, their two tackles are still questionable for, for the game. Like you said, they're the walking dead. I, I'm i going to yeah. take the Broncos plus two at this point, and um, that's against everything that I want to do because uh, that feels to me more like an emotional pick than it is a, a stats pick for me because of what the Broncos have done the last three weeks and their first sure. three wins were against what the giants, the jets and the Jaguars. So are, are they for real? But yeah. I, I do think that that defense can shut down Demetric Felton, Dearness Johnson in the running game. And that's what they're going to have to rely on if case Keenum's the quarterback, right? Yep. No, absolutely. 
Um, it, this feels like, and we, we touched on it a little bit last week with the Cardinals win over the Browns. Granted, Baker was playing. He got hurt in that game and everything. But, um, you know, it the Browns just don't feel right now. They're, they're just the injuries and everything else factored in. They just don't feel like that team that going into the season looked like one of the maybe three or four most talented teams in the entire league. Some people even calling them the most talented team top to bottom in that roster. So um yeah. looks like we are both on the Broncos plus I, two. I guess there is a wild card here that we have to put the asterisks on and that um Case Keenum went six and 10 for the Broncos just three years ago. So he still has the, that playbook, you know, we download, download, uh, download that iPad. Then maybe they've got a little bit of an advantage there, but I just, they're. (laughs) Was Shermer the play caller? I no, I don't think so at the time. I can't, I can't remember that far. There's been too many drinks. No. Um, (laughs) but everything that made the Browns successful, it seems like is gone at this point, right? Like Asamura, I'm not even going to try his hyphenated name because I'm going to jack it up is gone. Um, yeah, I keep wanting to call him Wow. I don't know. There's a Jersey short joke in there. Um, (laughs) but no, he, I mean, cause he's been fantastic and him going on IR, like everything that's made them uh, a team that you were scared of is now injured and yep. I, I got to give it to the Broncos on this one, especially when they've got points um, in their favor. Yep. Agreed. All right, let's move on. We're both on the Broncos plus two, uh, the Sunday night game, your Indianapolis Colts against the San Francisco 49ers who are four point favorites. Oh, don't, don't act like they're not your Indianapolis Colts here. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Niners are four point favorites at home. You kick us off on this one. Who you got? I'm taking my Indianapolis Colts plus four <laughs> against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I believe Carson Wentz was cons- was uh, voted Offensive Player of the Week last week. Is that um, accurate from uh, NFL? But, but was he MVP, though? Was he MVP, though? He was definitely not MVP, no. Um, yeah. As many of the slime broadcasts that have come in, slipped in, um, he was not named MVP. I, I just... Uh, the 49ers have eked out wins against the Lions and the Eagles. And they fell to the Packers, the Cardinals, the Seahawks. I just don't, I haven't seen enough from them. Trey Lance probably is not starting at this point, which means their offense is going to be a little bit more predictable. And Jimmy Garoppolo, if he, I mean, if he's dinged up at all, it's uh, going back. We won't name names, but, um, had some prima donnas on some teams that I've played on before and the littlest injury, they just completely let it get in their head. And I feel like yeah. Jimmy G is that guy. They've challenged Jimmy G in everywhere he's been. That is he tough enough to play that, right? Are you actually injured or are you just hurt? Because right. guess what? We play There's hurt difference. every single day. Yeah. So play hurt. And you've got to succeed. And we've talked about it again with the, you know, like the Patriots offense where it's rhythm, timing, execution. If he has that in the back of the mind, back of his mind that he's not going to be able to do that, then he's not going to be successful. So I'm going to take the points again on with the Colts, what Taylor did last week. Wentz is coming around. Um, mm-hmm. They've got T.Y. Hilton back. I, I, I think that they're set up to do some damage on Sunday night. I agree with you. So, uh, 
<laughs> I know. Unfortunately, we were both on the first two games, but uh, I'm also taking the Colts plus four in this one. I mean, I feel like the Niners are still really being propped up by preseason expectations of this team. Right. They're they're one and four against the spread. Um, the Colts have the top. Okay, so you mentioned Trey Lance is banged up. Jimmy G's probably going to play. Jimmy G has zero big time throws this year. I know that's a subjective thing that PFF tracks, but it gives you a little bit of a sense of how guys are making throws down the field. Big, you know, like serious game changing, drive changing throws. Jimmy has zero and seven which turnover worthy plays and seven turnover worthy plays. They're going to have to rely on running the ball and the Colts have the top rushing defense Per DVOA, I don't know what the actual yardage number is because that doesn't usually matter. But the Colts are one of, if the not best, run stuffing defense in the NFL. You could probably make a case for Tampa Bay, obviously. but Or the Titans after that goal line stand. Yeah. <laughs> right. But they're going to make the Niners one-dimensional, and I don't think Jimmy can beat them. And the Colts, honestly, are on a little bit of a roll now, right? Like Carson Wentz was... I think the top graded passer per PFF last week and has definitely been finding his groove within that team. Jonathan Taylor looks fucking awesome. And even though the Colts overall aren't like, you know, they're what are, what's their overall record right now? They right now they're, are they're two and four, right? Two and four. Right. So it, it's misleading. I think, as far as where they're at right now as a team, they're not a two and four team. I don't think right. going and into were, this week, they were up 20 to nine going into the fourth quarter against the Ravens. Like they had the Ravens mm-hmm. absolutely on the ropes. It took a miraculous effort um, and some, some nice uh, bounces of the ball. We'll say that on, you know, a block <laughs> field goal um, sure. for the Ravens to pull that one out. And I mean, if they're three and three, and took down the Ravens, we're looking at a completely different team right now. Right? Totally. Totally. So I, we're both on the Colts. I I really don't even understand. Like, th- this was one of the more confusing lines to me this week. Um, maybe it shifts as we get closer to game time. I don't know. But um, I don't understand how the Colts are getting points in this matchup based on what we've seen from these two teams as of late. So, um, all right, we are both on the Colts plus four moving on to Monday night. Um, I love how we apparently Geno Smith just guarantees that the Seahawks are (laughs) going to be in prime time. Um, The Saints are... So there are flex rules. If the Seahawks were on Sunday night, that game could be flexed. But unfortunately, the Monday night game cannot be flexed. So Geno Smith getting back-to-back prime time appearances right now. Yep, for sure. And we talked about how last week there really wasn't an opportunity to do the flex because of... Uh, the timing of the Russell Wilson news and everything you have to do it a week prior, all that stuff uh, is a good call out by you. But um, Monday night game saints are in Seattle. Saints are four and a half point road favorites. Um, you, do you start, do you start us off on this one? We do snake style, I believe. Right. I, I told you I would fuck this up midway through. Fuck it. I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> okay. Um, you, you so go. 
Saints four and a half point road favorites in Seattle, which was historically a terrible place to go. And I'm taking the Saints. The Saints have not played a game where it has been within four and a half points. They've won by six points or more, or they've lost by, I think it was like eight points or more. So this is just a, a toss up to me at this point, as far as what the spread is. And I'm going to trust Sean Payton coming off a of bye week. And they do have a stellar defense as long as um, they hold <laughs> Winston to less than 25 throws. They'll probably be okay. Uh, Payton's <laughs> been using that as his, uh, his crutch and just saying, okay, we, the odds are Winston's going to fuck this up at some point. So let's just limit his opportunities to fuck it up. <laughs> the, the Seahawks can't stop anybody. Najee Harris ran all over them last week. And as, as much as I do like Najee, don't like him as a first round draft pick, but he's been, you know, as much as you could ask for, for that team. He's 44% of their offense last game. Kamara's a different level. And yeah. if they couldn't stop Najee, then I don't see how they're going to stop Kamara. I... This is gonna piss you off, but I'm I'm also on the Saints <laughs> minus four. How am I supposed you take over the lead in the parlay and yep. I have no chance to catch up anymore? I guess the I bonus know. picks are gonna be the, the uh, separator. Yeah, which I think exactly um I didn't go through the history of it. I think we've only missed one bonus pick in our entire Each of us? weeks. Yeah. Uh we'll we'll have to go back and look at the records and, and pull that together. But uh, I'm interested in knowing that as well. Okay. So uh, I'm also on the saints minus four and a half completely echo everything that you said there. Um, some things that stand out to me here, the, the Seahawks were getting five points last week against Pittsburgh lost and, they and still five points. they're still getting four and a half like, well, but, but New Orleans is a much better team than Pittsburgh and they're getting four and a half like that. That kind of confuses me here. So um, I, I'll reiterate for anybody that uh, hasn't been listening, but um, been putting together the last couple weeks, a composite ranking of uh, now four different ranking components. So 538's ELO, uh, Football Outsiders, DVOA, PFF uh, grade, and the Vegas implied rankings uh, based on point spread and everything. And I know the Saints haven't, they've been a little up and down. They haven't been overly impressive. Like Jameis Winston's overall passing yardage numbers seem really low, um, but their the Saints, receiver has 13 catches. <laughs> right. So there you go. Um, the Saints by these composite rankings, which I'm going to affectionately call the nerd rankings, um, if you're down with that, um, they're ninth. They're ninth in the league. They are 11th in 538's ELO, 8th in DVOA, 10th in PFF overall grade, and 7th by Vegas. Vegas thinks they are the 7th best team in the league. They're So they're ninth. And I just, I feel like they're getting a lot of disrespect maybe because of Jameis and people still not necessarily buying into his start for the year. So Jameis, um, you'd mentioned that Sean Payton is limiting his, his overall workload as far as, uh, pass attempts and everything. And, uh, 
you know, my, one of my bold predictions for the year was that Jameis would throw single digit interceptions partially because of that. I figured Sean Payton would be smart with how he utilized him. And Jameis is sitting on three interceptions right now. Um, you know, he, he does have five additional turnover worthy plays per PFF still a notch, a significant notch below his, his career average. Um, so he's at 3.6% of his throws are turnover worthy. In addition to his interceptions, um, he was well above four going into this year. I, I feel like there's still that stigma there with them. And the last piece of this Seattle's a bottom 10 pass defense. I mean, they're, they're a bad defense overall. Like you mentioned what Najee Harris did to them, but they're a bottom 10 pass defense in the league. And I just think Jameis is going to eat. I think Sean Payton's going to dial it up. And I don't understand. I like, I don't Let's be careful. Gino wasn't this about the last Monday night <laughs> sure. football game that sure. we didn't understand how Titans were supposed to cover at five and a half. Or totally. That was just five. Totally. But the Titans have a Derrick Henry. Um, the Seahawks have a Geno Smith. And I don't want to totally shit on Geno. Rashad he Penny. Will... I think he's coming back. First round draft pick. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Rashad. Rashad is going to get some run. Um, but, you know, it, it's not that Geno was awful last week. And, and honestly, as far as a backup goes, you get thrown in in the middle of one week. You get, um, you know, one week to prepare as the starter. It's... It, it's tough to it was ask too days, much more though, of him, right? Because it, it was, was 10 days Thursday night game to Sunday. Um, yep. The biggest thing that gives me a little bit of hesitation is the fact that I think that they kind of realized they needed to open it up for Gino at the end of that mm -hmm. game, right? When they mm -hmm. were down to the Rams, they just, they had to play, right? They had to let Gino throw. And when in the second half, they kind of figured it out. Obviously they got it done on with the running game, but then at the end they started, letting letting Gino fly a little bit and it, he it's former first round draft pick right like he's not a terrible actually no he was a second round he was an second, early second round yeah yeah um but he, he lets it he lets it go and he looked fine um that's my only hesitation is that they might have figured out that hey we need to be a little bit more aggressive with Gino than we were in the first half against the Steelers okay but we're talking about I mean this has been the main talking point about the Seahawks for years now is letting them Russ. letting Russ cook. And you're telling me that all of a sudden yeah. Pete's going to let Gino cook. Like I'm, I'm not buying that. Um, Completely Pete fair. is going to, yeah, Pete's going to want to try to run the ball. He's going to want to limit Gino even more than he limited Russ, because frankly he gets the opportunity to do so because when it's you're limiting Russ there. Yeah, exactly. So um, I just, I'm, I'm not saying the Seahawks can't be competitive. I mean, I think both of us took them last week, if I'm remembering correctly, plus five against the Steelers. Um, they they have enough pieces. They are a well enough coached team with Pete Carroll and and that staff to put together a good game plan. I just don't see them covering this necessarily. I think the Saints are a lot better than people are giving them credit for. So, um we are both on all three of the same teams for the three primetime games, which um, probably is a bad sign for us. I don't know. I feel like that's uh Does one of us need to flip our Thursday night just to keep it. In no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. For real. No, I mean, I think it's a good sign for the viewers, right? We're confident in what we're doing. So sure. that means if you want to end it, 
not take the bonus parlay. Um, the bonus parlay is a huge um, upper as far as return, but also sure. a huge downer as far as what the odds are for hitting all four of them. Like we said last week, it's seven and a half percent nominal. So if everything's minus one ten, seven and a half percent odds to hit the parlay, um, you were right there. Um, we I guess can we foray maybe two minutes into that that fourth down decision since i think that you and i yes disagree on that that's uh, okay so um well where do you stand on it Uh, give me your thought there 100 percent the right call you've got yeah you've got okay hold on though hold on uh, okay i don't know but i'll hold on (laughs) no i I just want to throw one more thing at you I don't disagree. It's the right call to it go was for it. The stats, the numbers that they were putting up, I agree, are not accurate. That is a 21% change. Not, not even that. Not even that. I agree with going for it there. I, I will never shit on a team for going for it. I disagree with the play call. I think if your goal is QB sneak, it doesn't get you anything. Like if you're going to run the ball, if you're going to line up and run the ball, then you at least give yourself a shot to get in the end zone on that play. My my issue with the sneak on that play, they had 30 seconds left. They had one timeout. That's three shots at the end zone again. It think I'm I'm trying to look it up real quick here. Tom Brady's QB sneak percentage, and Josh Allen should be even better than that. Um, it's not. I, totally. I'll give you that. But <laughs> all all Allen needed to do was flop forward, and he lost his footing, and he flopped straight down. Like that was something where he's big enough, strong enough that he probably gets the benefit of the doubt. If he's able to get any push whatsoever, you have the yeah. running back that's ready to just, you know, run up his asshole and mm-hmm. throw him forward. He, mm-hmm. he slipped. Um, it, it was unfortunate for them, but to me it was a hundred percent the right play call because if it, I always look at it from, uh, they had, it, it's a, it's like a field goal, right? If you, We'll take the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers game, right? What'd they kick it on? Second down, third down, right? Mm-hmm. They were just like, we trust that this is going to be a play that's going to execute. And yeah. we're willing to miss it on third down, even though we could get closer to say we have faith in our players. And Josh Allen gaining a fucking dick's length of yardage on For a him, QB maybe. sneak. Yeah, um, <laughs> we could all wish it is... <laughs> something that i'd say a hundred percent of the time i'm going for that and i know that you you were like okay it doesn't get us get them in the end zone but they had enough time on the clock they had a timeout there there were other opportunities to go for the end zone that's a very Mm -hmm. low risk play and as long as you've got more than 15 17 seconds left on the clock even an offensive penalty still gives you enough time to kick that field goal i i'm with you on that i I think my my issue was if you're not going to get in the end zone on that play, you add some added risk to to essentially extending the game. If you kick that field goal, you like if in my mind, if I'm that coach, if I'm Sean McDermott, I'm thinking we're the better team. Let's get to fucking overtime and we will win this game. And I feel like the Titans on six straight drives. Tractor yeah, Cito no. was he was he was rolling he was rolling. Yeah. but anyways um let's go into the bonus picks yeah okay um so I kick us off with the bonus picks this week 
I am taking the your stealing. second team. <laughs> I'm stealing, yeah. Um, the Carolina Panthers minus three at the New York football giants. Um, this just, this seems too easy to me in a way. Um, the giants are a disaster. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I know Carolina's come back to earth a little bit. They have three straight losses. One was to the Cowboys. One was to the Eagles, which, you know, questionable, I suppose. After they dominated the entire game. After they dominated the entire game, they gave that up late, and then they lost to the Vikings in overtime. And the Vikings, as we've talked about, are, I think, a little bit better than a lot of people maybe think based on their record at 3-3. Three and three. Carolina, okay, this really is more about the Giants, if I'm being perfectly <laughs> honest. <laughs> the Giants are the fourth worst team in the league scoring against the spread. Um, the Nerd rankings, as we've dubbed them, or I've dubbed them anyway, have the Giants 28th. Um, Bad Daniel Jones came back last week, and I feel like he might have a little bit of momentum. The Giants have one of the worst pass blocking units in the league. They are 27th in ESPN's pass block win rate, and Carolina is the top team in pass rush win rate per ESPN. I think that pressure on Daniel Jones is going to keep bad Daniel Jones in the focus for us. He's going to turn the ball over. Sam Darnold won't have to be Superman. I know they're down. They don't want him to be Superman anymore. Matt Rule came out and said it and said, we got to reevaluate how we're attacking. Totally. And I think this is going to be the type of game. It's not going to be an exciting game. It's not going to be a game that the Panthers blow them out per se, but three points is more than enough for me to take them in this one. I, you know, to be fair, if this was even three and a half or four, I probably am picking another game or at least considering another game, but at three with push being the worst case here, um, I'm, I'm on the Panthers minus three. Yeah. No, um, I said, you stole that. We don't actually talk through, um, these picks as we said but we do um whoever gets to pick first we do give them the other person a little bit of a heads up on their pick just so that they know that they need to uh reconvene but mm-hmm. uh, i mean that means we're consensus on all four picks for you which means <laughs> put the money on the parlay right um, hey, yeah exactly so i'm not going to go into as many stats as as you did because like i said you stole my shit um <laughs> and quick caveat here just on the games we have we only have four games that Vegas picks to be within a field goal. One of them is because Baker Mayfield got hurt. So mm-hmm. um, it originally it was at three and a half. That would have been only three games that are within a field goal. And then there's three games with double digit spreads. And then one game, Packers, uh, Washington football team at nine and a half. Nine, so yeah. this is I, I we say I say at least that I want to give you exciting football picks. I can't give that to you this week because the NFL didn't give that to you this week. So I will apologize to you, the viewer, the listener. I would hope you're a viewer of, of football just because listening is not quite as great. Um, but with well, you that, can view us on YouTube for the record. Yeah. <laughs> but the so the picking the games that are within a field goal, Falcons, Dolphins, minus two and a half, or Falcons minus two and a half to the Dolphins, not touching that shit after the Dolphins were just absolutely abysmal last week, trying to lose to the Jaguars. 
Um, it was almost like they were trying to make their did trade look. assets. <laughs> they're trying to make their trade assets better, but they actually made the Philadelphia Eagles trade trade assets better. Um, I've got to go with the Raiders minus three of the Eagles. Um, I will say though, if you're into live betting, take the spread, whatever the Eagles have in the second half, because they don't they don't do shit in the first half. So right. take the take the numbers. It's probably going to be Eagles plus ten at the half. Take that. They'll fucking go for two. <laughs> backdoor right. cover on that one um <laughs> but no what the raiders were able to do against the broncos last week um i was impressed i think that there's always that you know thing in the back of your head is are they is it a distraction with the john gruden situation and no mm-hmm. these are professionals these are guys that are like uh, he was fucking just yelling at us he there was nothing that he was actually contributing to the game mm-hmm. plan like effectively contributing to the game plan we went out there, we stomped, we stomped a division rival and we're going to do it again to the Eagles. And I, I just don't, I did not see enough out of Jalen Hurts. I mean, 115 yards passing. I get that the Broncos or sorry, the Bucks D is somewhat formidable, but their secondary is absolutely decimated. So to get 115 yards against the Broncos secondary, uh, yeah. Nick Cerrone may not run the ball a single time in the first half this time. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> I've got to give it to the Ravens, um, even minus the three points. The Raiders, or sorry, yes. the Raiders minus three yep. points. No, I would, I would be with you on that. I think the Raiders are a team, and I, I didn't have this thought for them necessarily going into the year, but they are, they're solid. They're solid. They're a team that will compete on any given week. And you listen to Josh Jacobs talking about um, the game against the Broncos last week. And he was like, look, we, we just went out, we played our game. We didn't have anybody yelling, uh, cursing us out on the sidelines. We didn't have anybody yelling at the refs. Like the sideline was calm. Everyone was, was prepared. They were ready. And I, I'm not saying that they are better with a mid season coaching change is especially due to an issue like we saw, but I think that this team with that distraction removed is going to continue to play at that solid level. Um, you know, I, I took the Eagles last week. I, I think the Eagles, I, I think I've mentioned it a couple times. I feel like they've punched above their weight um, all year and they've been competitive in games when they really shouldn't have been. And I just don't think that necessarily continues here. Um something's got to change with, with what the Eagles are doing. And, you know, they can't get away with running the ball the way that they did and, and expect to beat a, a good Raiders team. So um, I like that pick. I like that pick. That was definitely one of the other ones I was considering for sure. And then Vegas is just assholes putting the chiefs at minus five and a half to the Titans. Same exact, uh, (laughs) spread that uh, kicked our ass against the bills. So uh, what do you think on that one? (sighs) The Titans are tough, right? Because they lost to the, the goddamn jets, as we like to say, Um, they looked abysmal against the Cardinals. What was that week one? Yeah, that was week one. So they they looked right, but they looked terrible in that game. And I'm just, I'm confused by them, (laughs) but with Derrick Henry, I'm slightly aroused as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. With Henry playing the way he's playing, 
I think that I, I almost want to take the Titans yeah. it, at five and a half. Like that's enough points for me to be intrigued by them. And it, obviously, you know, we, we've adjusted, I think the way that we're thinking about the chiefs, at least at this point in the season, um, you know, maybe a few weeks from now they get their shit figured out and they're fine. I don't think anybody thinks the chiefs are a bad team or aren't a playoff team, but I, I think as of right now, they still have some stuff they need to figure out. The Titans have an identity and right. that to me puts them. It, it, if you can do one thing exceptionally well, you know, you, you have a shot in a game, I suppose. Right. And we know the chiefs defense isn't all that imposing. So um, I'm, I would probably be on the Titans on that one. How about you? Um, I'm, I'm very conflicted. I'd actually probably pick the chiefs just stubbornness same way i picked the bills that i just right. i don't expect the titans to show up every week and that's despite right. a uh bill belichick coaching tree and mike Vrabel, who's been very disciplined or well preaches discipline they haven't always been disciplined and that's been kind <laughs> yeah. of their downfall um i think that they they showed up at home last week in prime time this one i th- i'm not gonna call it a let up game by any means but i think the chiefs have enough that they need to do to just at least cover the spread against the Titans. Um, I don't think that they're going to be able to stop Derrick Henry. I We talk about um, Kyler Murray, Kyle Allen, or sorry, Josh Allen, um, mm-hmm. Rodgers, Brady, all MVP candidates. Derrick Henry is probably the he most deserves important to be in the conversation in the league right now for mm-hmm. that for a team, right? Like if you take yeah. Derrick Henry off that roster, they're nowhere near four and two, four and two. They're maybe totally. one, maybe one and five. Totally. And it, even if you want to separate him from the MVP conversation, because we know quarterbacks have a disproportionate value to their teams, he's probably the front runner for offensive player of the year right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's what he's doing is just absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, we said it earlier that the second place, the second running back in yards is closer to the 27th running back than he is to Derrick Henry. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, any other games that really stand out to you? I mean, we we've touched on the fact that there are three double digit spreads uh, and the Packers are damn near there at nine and a half. Um, I, I think maybe I'll is it worth kind of just quickly going through each one of these seeing where we think this sure. game stands. Yeah. OK, so um, just going, I guess, down the list here. Um, Lions are 15 and a half point underdogs at LA Rams. Um, that's probably one that I'm actually <laughs> would want to take the points or sorry, would want to take the Rams, the favorite giving up those points. I think this is um, one where you tease it down to, uh, uh, eight and a half and a first round draft pick. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, it, the, the Lions, we you know, we've talked about how we like what Dan Campbell's building there from a culture standpoint. They've been competitive. They've been tough. They were not competitive last week. And I know it's the NFL is a week to week thing. That doesn't mean they won't be this week. But I think they have serious issues offensively that you're not getting corrected against the Rams, frankly. Yeah. Um, and I would be I would be on the Rams, I think, even with that insane spread. How about you? Yeah, I, I, I just didn't see the Lions looked punchless last week. 
and that what that was surprising to me i was high on dan Campbell. i still am high on dan campbell it's it's an, honestly amazing what he's been able to do with that roster but with absolutely which is funny zero. to say about a team with no wins right right yeah but <laughs> yeah. with with what they've done with their receiving core jared goff's not set up for success and mm-hmm. i don't think that jared goff's going to be even more successful in what is essentially a revenge game right like now the spotlight's yeah. on him even though this is shoved away into the the annals of nfl history because no one's going to actually right. watch this game but Stafford coming, <laughs> or well, him going to Los Angeles against the player that he got traded for. I, yeah. I just don't see him rising to the occasion in any way. Yep, agreed. All right, the next one, the hapless Houston Texans, who, as we talked about, might be trading their star fourth-string quarterback, um, are 17-point dogs against the Arizona Cardinals. That's a lot. I'm not touching this one with a 14 foot pole just because I I think the Cardinals will absolutely wipe the floor with them. But at 17 points, that's a shit. Kyler Murray's out in the third quarter and they get backdoor cover all day. Yeah. So I, I, I would advise everybody to stay away from this one. It it's 17. If anything, and want to be very clear to our Arizona listeners, not a shot at the Cardinals would probably take the Texans plus 17 just because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't, don't touch this game. 17 points is way too much for an NFL game. We've seen Davis mills play really well. You know, he he's had his up and ups and downs this season, but if you get a good Davis mills game and it's competitive enough, again, I agree with you. The Cardinals are going to wax these fools, but you can wax a team while winning by 10 points in the right. NFL. Um, 17 is a I mean, lot. the Bucks versus Eagles is a great example, right? The Bucks were up 21 late in the third quarter and goes back down the six. But was there ever a time where you actually thought the Eagles were going to win that game? No, no, definitely not. So it's same thing with this one. Do not touch this game. Um, and then the last one, which is the only one that I was really intrigued by is, um, Bears at Bucks. Bears are 12 and a half point dogs. My only caveat here, and, and you can tell me, you know, I'm I'm wrong if I'm, you know, coming across homerish, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> well, you will always tell me when I'm wrong. That's actually very true. Um, the Bears defense is very, very good. Um, they are seventh in total DVOA. They are sixth in passing DVOA. And if you have a unit, a top 10 unit on either side of the ball, I think you're always going to be somewhat competitive in an NFL game. And the 12 and a half points is a lot. It's not 17. It's not 15 and a half. It's a lot. I expect the Bucks to win this game. I don't expect it to be in doubt at any point, but 12 and a half points is too much when you are going against a top 10 unit. And frankly, the Bucks defense isn't all that imposing and the Bucks run game isn't all that imposing. I know Fournette has been better, but they just Ronald Jones out of the fucking scenario. Seriously. That was what the comeback from the Eagles was basically predicated on was giving Ronald Jones the ball on two straight possessions. Um, Yeah. I'm with you Bucks money line all day, 12 and a half. It again scares me just because it doesn't mean that fucking much. And the, the, just use the example. It was the Bucks that were the example in the last one that 
they were up 21. Okay, they won yep. by six. Say, okay, that's fantastic. Okay, Serrani, you're a dick. You covered for Vegas. Good job for you. Um, I, I, at 12 and a half, I still, I actually think the Bucks will beat them by more than that. Um, the hesitation on this one is Antonio Brown is nursing an ankle injury. So that is uh, it, Tom Brady's favorite receiver at this point. But I just, the Bucks are too powerful on offense, and mm-hmm. I don't trust the offense from the Bears quite yet. As, as high as I am long-term on Justin Fields, I still think that he's going to be second, third best quarterback out of the, this class. Never should fall into to number 11. Um, but this week is not the week where he's going to be able to, to pull it out. Yeah, I think if, if you are going to bet on this game, ultimately – um, my suggestion would be take every Chris Godwin prop you can get. <laughs> um, the bears are God awful in the slot and Godwin is going to eat. I mean that if this game is it, if the bucks cover this 12 and a half points, it's going to be because Godwin probably has two touchdowns and like 120 yards. So, um, that's one bet there that if you want to match it maybe with like put some Godwin props together with the Bucks money line and and give yourself a shot to to make a little money on this one if you are interested but um yeah it's uh it's it's not going to be the Bears aren't going to win this game but 12 and a half is enough to where I'm I don't really want to touch it per se you know what I mean right. compared to some of these other ones so yeah. all right um, I think that about does it for this week. Toaster, is there any other games? I know we've got, um, Jets, Patriots, Pats are seven point favorites. Um, Jets are coming off their bye. Interesting to see what Wilson does and his, uh, return to, uh, a Bill Belichick defense. Um, maybe yeah. the Patriots actually get their first win at home. I mean, an own of five start and the loss to the Jets would pretty much be a dagger in, the conversation of greatest coach of all time versus Tom Brady being the one propping him up, I think um, mm-hmm. is as drastic as that sounds. Cause I, I, I do believe that everyone's high in Bill Belichick and he wasn't actually carried like that. But if sure. he goes, if he loses to Zach Wilson and goes to and five at home, I mean, what would that be? It'd be a, there were seven and nine last year. That'd be a two and five record this year. So nine and 14 without Tom Brady. That, that would be tough. That um, does look but, bad. Yeah. Yeah. But I ultimately think that they can still scheme against Zach Wilson. I think that I think I'm comfortable saying that. Um, Packers or Washington football team at Packers minus nine and a half. I think we've covered that all we need to Packers. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. the last one is the last and Falcons one to me was the Falcons Dolphins because yeah. Dolphins are coming back from London. No bye week Falcons coming off of a bye week basically the antithesis of two setups and maybe that's what the dolphins need to just not think about it prepare for it whatever mm-hmm. because losing the way they lost to the jags was inexcusable brian flores mm-hmm. should be on the hot seat absolutely for that one um and maybe Tua won't even be there come yeah Sunday. yeah we'll see uh it that I think all those things are the reason the Falcons are two and a half point favorites in this game on the road. Um, I'm this is one that I don't, I don't really want any part of, uh, frankly, if, I, if I'm putting bets in uh, two very bad teams, who knows what the fuck is going to show up for either side of this. I, mm-hmm. I do think 
the the Dolphins, I'm sure, are going to have some pride coming off that loss to the Jags. They're the the Deshaun Watson thing now is probably going to ha- be hanging over Tua. Um, I I don't know. It's I, the same I, reason I, I didn't want any part of the Jags dolphins last week is it was two bad teams mm-hmm. i would have taken the dolphins i do think that the dolphins would have win one would have won in a non-scripted game by the nfl with brian flores uh <laughs> throwing those two challenges late no i'm kidding um but i think are we not are we missing the elephant in the room here what's that joe burrow versus lamar jackson oh oh shit dude how did we miss that one uh, Bengals six and a half point underdogs at Baltimore. I would honestly like, I'd be on the Bengals there. I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Jim. Um, I know the Ravens just blew out, you know, they're, they're on a roll. They're, um, Lamar's just giving it to people every single week, but so is Joe Burrow. I, I know you're, you're not a Joe Burrow guy yet. I think I would have to think you'll get there eventually toaster um he is one of the most brilliant quarterbacks i've ever seen i said i'll I'll, I'll be there next year when uh he's got joe brady back with him even though um, four and four and two it's a little less likely that the head coach is going to get fired but um no burrow's been great what's been unheralded is that defense the defense has been absolutely outstanding for the Bengals. um and I don't know that it's enough to hang with the Ravens, but again, at six and a half in a division mm-hmm. game, that's that's tempting for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I, I still think the Ravens ultimately pull it out, but the Ravens are kind of, they're they're that crazy ex girlfriend to me, which <laughs> thankfully I never had because uh, no one ever wanted to date me. But um, they <laughs> the they're hot and they're cold and you know, they they've gotten a couple of lucky breaks. I mean, a 66 yard field goal to beat the Detroit lions of all things. Sure. But I think they're just, the talent is just too much for, for the Bengals, um, especially at home. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I think Ravens money line all day. Um, Bengals, I think we'll keep this close and you know, I think Vegas knows what they're doing with the six and a half point spread. Yeah, frankly. So, all right. I believe that's every game, right? Anything else that we missed? Uh, no, well, we'll come back to you when uh, Watson gets traded in the next week or two. It's uh, I all think right. the trade deadline is what? November 2nd. Second. Yes. Yeah. So we got about two weeks before the move needs to be made. Um, and just to be fair to the Texans, there's honestly no real reason for them to move him earlier. So somebody's going to have to make a deal that yeah. they find overly intriguing because there's no reason for them to risk uh the draft position that they're ultimately getting, right? If you wait until totally. week 18, you're going to know exactly where the three Philadelphia picks are, the Miami pick is, the Panthers pick is, Saints pick is, everybody that's ultimately up for discussion because right now they probably just want to damn lose. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, the, the, the news, like we said earlier of, is it Bob or is it John McClain? I feel like I fucked that up earlier. I don't know. I anyway, John McClain, now that you say it, that yeah, John the, McCain, Bob McNair, there's so many, 
We'll call him John um, Bob. John Bob. Um, anyway, the, the news that it would be done this week, I think, is the more and more you think about it, it's probably more of a, uh, a push from the Texans to try to light a fire under some of the other teams and uh, get a bidding war going. So, right. yeah, I'm with you. I think if something happens, it's probably closer to the deadline, if not on deadline day. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll be tracking yeah. that for sure. No, I think, I think you're absolutely hitting the nail on the head there that this is somebody trying to drive up the price before that trade deadline, because somebody like the Carolina Panthers who thinks that they might be competitive this year, which is prior to all of the Sean Watson legal stuff having to work itself right. out. Uh, I mean, they're three sitting at three and three right now, very, potentially very competitive. The saints are at three and two, potentially very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something where, you know, dolphins are not, and it doesn't make any sense really for the Texans to move them to the dolphins sooner rather than later. Yep. Agreed. All right. Uh, well, I think with that, we will get out on this episode. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we will post the picks so about midday. Well, I, and this episode will be live early uh, for all our morning commuters that want to listen, but uh, we will also post the picks in a graphic midday tomorrow as well. Um, I believe both of us are over 500 now. Is that right? Fuck yourself. Oh, no, you are at 500. Is, no, is that I'm, what last week I dropped? Be? Um, I'm now, what are we? We're week, we're through week six. So I'm, yeah. Um, whatever the math is minus two. Oh, so womp, I think womp. I'm, okay. Yeah. No, I think I'm 11 and 13. Okay. Uh, well, I'm officially over 500. So, and I, I think I'm six and two in the last two weeks. So ride the hot streak while you can, people, because it's not going to last long. <laughs> but um, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, you know, as always, please uh, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, you know, where you get your podcasts, all that fun stuff. And we will talk to you later.